What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Dog Talk. It is your host, Holden. Glad to have you guys here as we get ready for another episode coming up here. Uh, and pretty much the last one of the 2023 season, um, obviously, because we've got the Orange Bowl. The Orange Bowl is going to wrap things up for us in the 2023 season uh, coming up the 30th. So we'll have, I guess, a couple of days left after, well, really just one left after that game, at least finals out. That's all we've got uh, left this year, um, and then following it, we'll, we'll probably review, talk about it, I'm sure. Uh, I think normally I try to get Hunter on one more time just to kind of talk about how things went through the season. You know, the past couple of years, we've at least had the opportunity to talk about national championships, and uh, and this year we're not going to have that opportunity to talk about a national championship, but we're at least going to be able to talk about college football. We're going to be able to talk about Georgia, which both of those things, both of those things are uh, exciting. Um, even if it's not going to end the way that we wanted it to this year, uh, we're going to kind of move uh, past that. Um, we've got the Orange Bowl coming up like I was talking about. We're going to talk about a few other things, you know, recruiting. We're going to talk about and, and little on recruiting. If you guys have listened to this show or watched this show long enough, you know that I do not – uh, dive very deep into recruiting because I just don't. And a lot of the reason we'll talk some, I guess, about uh, with a couple of the guys here this week or this year, kind of coming off the end of the season. Uh, because to me, recruiting, until we hit September when we start playing football next year, uh, I don't believe anybody who's on this team is staying with this team until that moment. Until I see that player on the field, I don't believe that they're going to play for Georgia until that happens. Uh, because far too often you get a guy who commits two years out and, and doesn't show up or commits uh, two months out and changes his mind. So uh, that's kind of how I am on recruiting, which we'll, again, talk about. Uh, we're going to talk about the transfer portal madness that's been going on here over the past couple of weeks, uh, opt-outs that are going on before this game, and then kind of round things out, talking about how the national championship series and, and the college football playoff landscape is going to look uh, next season. That's kind of what we have on tap for this season. Um, so let me kind of click a couple buttons here. But I greatly appreciate you guys being here. If you guys don't mind, make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at DogTalk20. Same thing on Instagram, uh, all of the things. I'm kind of moving some stuff around here. So uh, if you see me looking over here or over here or here, wherever I'm looking, uh, just know I'm, I'm kind of trying to – do a few different things uh, in this, and shout out to the wife at Christmas time. Got some, got some merch going for me here with the hat and the shirt, and uh, and looking really good. If you guys want one, let me know. I'll see if I can't find a way to uh, to get you one. But glad to have you guys here. Let's dive right into it. Starting things off, Georgia does get the number one recruiting class in the 2024 season uh, coming up with the signees that we had coming into this season. Obviously, some of the early enrollees, if you've seen the pictures that have come out already, uh, with the guys practicing down in Miami, getting ready for uh, the Orange Bowl that's coming up. Some of those guys look like studs already. Studs already. Um, I, I was looking up uh, Jaden Riddell, I think it is. Golly, that dude's, uh, dude looks like he's been pay, playing college three or four years already. Um, looks to be the part before even getting here. Um, so that's that's an exciting thing to see uh, in, for the future of Georgia. Like I said, I'm not going to dive too deep into uh, recruiting but Georgia, nonetheless, does have that number one class. And just like I said off the top, the reason I generally don't is because you have a guy like Dylan Raola who has been committed to the University of Georgia for a long time. 
decides to flip to Nebraska here in the last week. And then there at the same time, K.J. Bolden, who this entire time has been committed to FSU, flips and comes to Georgia. Uh, kind of wild that that Dylan would be going from high school to high school and then end up at Buford, kind of trying to be closer to Georgia is what it seemed like. And then when graduation time comes, when signing day time comes, he decides to go to Nebraska. Granted, I know he's got an uncle that's there, and I guess his dad is like a legacy there. Um, so, I mean, at the end of the day, for any kid, wherever they decide to go, hey, more power to you. Um, I, it doesn't matter to me because I'm not the one out there pl- playing. I'm not the one recruiting you, uh, and, and you can go wherever you want. It's not up to, to us as a fan base. It's not up to us as just people who enjoy watching football. You go and do what you want to do where you want to do it. And then on the same side, you know, K.J. Bolden, a guy who I think some of us were hoping would come to Georgia when we saw that he was going to FSU, you know, it kind of stunk. But, again, you can go wherever you want to go. And then to see him flip over and decide to come to Georgia, that's pretty exciting thing. Um, looks like he's going to be playing the part of a safety. So, we won't see him kind of in that wide out position uh, like he played there at Buford in high school. So, Those are a couple of the guys. One of the other things in the transfer portal madness as we kind of transfer into that, uh, Trevor ATN or Travis ATN, my goodness, now I'm blanking on his name. Uh, The Florida running back, good running back there for Florida. We don't like the Gators, but anytime somebody wants to go from being a Gator to a dog, I think you got to kind of be an open arm and open hands to that. Uh, And we've got a running back coming in to this class next year. by way of a transfer out of Florida coming in. So that's going to be fun. There are a couple of other guys too as well, but that's one of the bigger names that has transferred to the University of Georgia, and we expect to see him coming up this fall. Um, And I think that's going to be really good, having a Kendall Milton who's headed out, having a Dejon Edwards that are going to be heading out the door. Uh, you got Branson Robinson. you got Roderick Robinson. you got some big names that are going to be back there. Uh, Andrew Paul, even even Dylan Bell that may still slip in that position. I don't think Dylan's going anywhere. I think he's still maybe a little young. I could be wrong about that. Uh, but to have another guy like that, especially a veteran running back that's going to be coming in uh, with ETN out of Florida, that's going to be helpful. A guy who's already played in this league, who's already played against a lot of the opponents that we're going to continue to see here in the years to come that's a good thing to have a guy like that and and quite frankly a, a good running back good running back and I think the biggest thing that we were kind of missing this year's uh Hunter and I were talking about this don't really have a back that was that was utilized in a in a wide out position kind of not not lining up as a wide out but being able to catch the ball out of the backfield you know like a uh, DeAndre Swift could do so well like McIntosh could do so well last year not really having that same guy James Cook in the past uh this year kind of as you look back starts to go oh well you know that was kind of a missing piece that Georgia didn't really have and Dylan Bell gave you that not only did he give you flashes in the pan early in the season being able to run and being that explosive runner that he was kind of coming into there he was also a wide out so it helped out a lot for him to be able to line up back there and catch a few passes as well in that way uh so some of the other transfer portal madness and I'll get it pulled up here on the other screen um just so that way I make sure that I have it some of the names, bigger names at least, that are coming out. Uh, the kicker, Jared Zirkel, has decided he's hitting the transfer portal. Wide receiver Jackson Meeks, and this is just me kind of going through a couple of names. We knew that Brock Vandergriff was headed out. He is at Kentucky now. Uh, edge rusher C.J. Madden, he's headed to Purdue. Jonathan Jefferson's going to SMU. Darius Smith uh, is headed to Missouri. Nylon Green is in the portal. Makai Muse is also in the portal, which was kind of one that I was a little shocked by seeing Makai do that. But at the same time, I, again, 
playing time, I can understand it. You know, we have a plethora in the wideout position. This is something that early in the season we kind of wondered how is that going to look. And as we got into the season, we started noticing, okay, we've got a lot of guys. Now, by the end of the season, it was really strange that we have all of these names, but really nobody was making a name for themselves. I think a lot of it's because we got younger guys, guys that are veteran, but they got to get built into this system, you know, with transfers that we've had in Rob Rob. Having these guys uh, as deep of a room as we do, Makai had flashes where he got on the field in, in G-Day, obviously, spring last year and, and showed flashes there. And there were flashes also throughout the season this year where he was able to get on the field and kind of show what he could do, kind of showcase his skills. Um, but that room is very deep, very deep. So I can understand seeing how deep that room is and understanding, hey, you know, I'll, I'll get a few things here and there, but if I go somewhere else, maybe I can be a little bit more useful, and that's where he's headed. Uh, EJ Lightsey as well. Austin Blasky is headed to UNC. Uh, Yaziz Haynes is going to Syracuse. The tough one for me, one of the tougher ones to see, uh, was seeing Pop leaving. Uh, Jamon Dumas-Johnson headed out the door. What I see here is that he's going to Kentucky. I would heard rumblings that he might be going to Auburn, um, but right now it looks like he's headed to Kentucky. That could change. You know, I, I think there's still time between now and then when we really see where a guy's going to end up. Uh, but that one's that was one that when I saw it, I was like, ooh, that one kind of that one kind of stings, you know. Because uh, Pop's not a guy who's just been here a year. He's not a guy who was a freshman last year who never saw the field. He's a guy who, for the past couple of years in these national championship seasons, has been a veteran and has been very helpful on the defensive side of the ball for us. A.J. Harris also headed out. Xavier Sori is going to Arkansas. Joshua Miller in the portal. And uh, I think there might be a couple more that I that I don't have listed here since the last time that we talked. Um, obviously, the last time we talked, there was a lot of – different things going on other than what we've got going on right now again with this transfer that opened up when the portal opened up you know everything just kind of went wild and luckily for Georgia one thing I do want to kind of help us to kind of hit the brakes on is is a lot of these guys aren't guys who are are Carson Beck who have been out there uh, every snap of of every game Jamon Dumas Johnson early obviously gets hurt early in the season um and when you sometimes when you have a backup that comes in behind you, uh, they start to progress and they really start to fill their role on that defense, and that's what happened. And and unfortunately for Pop, um, I mean he's he's been very successful with Georgia, and I don't think that it means that he never could have got back in that position. Uh, I think he just kind of noticed, okay, you know they're kind of set there. You know I've done all I can do here. I can do more, but you know. Give these give these guys an opportunity. I'll go elsewhere and see what I can do. And that's not me speaking for them. That's just my assumption assumption to it. Um, and I should know better because everybody knows what assuming does. But nonetheless, um, tough to see him go. But again, understandable. Uh, you think back to that 2017 season with Jacob Eason getting hurt early on in the season. I think the first game of the season, uh, and then Jake Fromm comes in that 27 season 2017 season, and we have just. One of the best seasons we've had in a long time at that point in time. And 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 Easton never could find himself back in that starting role after that happened, even for the next the next year. So he did the same thing and headed out to Washington. Tough to see when certain guys do that, but at the same time I understand it. Listen, all all the more better to you if you can better yourself, whether it's playing time, whatever it may be, uh, in your future. So, we get to the Orange Bowl, kind of what we're coming into uh, here with Georgia versus FSU coming up on the 30th, playing at 4 p.m., I believe it is, Eastern Eastern Standard Time. And I say this so much, I kind of open up with the recruiting class. I kind of open it up 
with everything that's going on in the transfer portal because this is not a game that you look at December 1st and say, all right, if this is the matchup we have, this is what it's going to be because you could game plan for FSU versus Georgia, whether it be a college football playoff scenario, which is what we kind of anticipated or hoped that would happen. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. And you can have this just as a regular game and kind of preview it that way. But when it comes to it being a bowl game, when it comes to being a game that is a New Year's Six Bowl but really doesn't have all that much weight to it other than that to certain teams, it completely changes. It completely changes. All of the air was taken out of the FSU team when they were not put into the college football playoff, and you could tell that very easily based upon just how many players and just how many people have opted out at the University of or at the University of FSU, technically Florida State University is probably what I should have said there. Um, but I kind of get a couple of them pulled up here for us, and and we're going to look at a few here. Um, some of the bigger names for FSU, Keon Coleman at wide receiver, Johnny Wilson also a wide receiver there, Trey Benson, their running back, Jaheim Bell, their tight end, Jared Verse, the defensive end, Fabian Lovett, their defensive tackle. Those are a few big names that have already opted out in this game, and I have a lot more that have also come across now in this game for FSU. Obviously, Jordan Travis is out. Well, Tate Rodemaker has decided that he's transferring, so he will not be the starter. All of a sudden, we went from saying, hey, you know, Tate Rodemaker was supposed to be the guy who was going to step in for Travis or Jordan Travis if they were to get into the college football playoffs. He didn't play in that ACC championship game uh, because he, he had a concussion. You know, my thought was, hey, well, he's not going to be the guy who's the quarterback, or he will be the guy that will be the quarterback when the time comes around for the playoffs if you put him in. They don't get put in. Lo and behold, he decides he's transferring. So that third-string quarterback, after all, is going to be the starting quarterback. You're going with the second-string running back, uh, your second and even your third-string or your first and your third-string running backs. They have both opted out of this. Um, well, I guess technically it's just your third and fourth string. Uh, Johnny Wilson, one of your top wide receivers. Keon Coleman, they're gone. Destin Hill looks like he's still playing, and Jaquil Douglas. So you do still have a couple of the names there. Uh, tight ends, you get a couple of those guys who have decided to leave. Obviously, Jaheim Bell that we talked about. Some of the offensive linemen as well. Defensive side, Jared Verse, Braden Frisky. Those are a couple of the other games. Or a couple of the other guys. I was looking, it seemed like there was one other big name I thought I saw. But there's a lot. There are a lot of opt-outs for the FSU team. When I look at this sheet right here for their roster, I guess that they've already turned in or their 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 depth chart, there are a lot of red marks on this for for FSU. And I hate it for them because it's just a lot. But for Georgia, there's not. You have, if you want to look at it in the, in, in the, at least in the face of, okay, Georgia has all these guys who are transferring. Yeah, that's technically, I guess, guys who won't be playing for the University of Georgia who technically have opted out of the Orange Bowl. But, you know, I don't look at transfer portal the same as I do as an opt-out for a game uh, because 
couple of the names that we know are coming back next year. You've got Carson Beck that's coming back. We've heard Chaz Chambliss has come out that he will be coming back next season. And I think there's a few more, too. I, I know that there's a few more who have already done it. You know, there's hints of Kamari Lasseter coming back, hints of uh, Javon Bullard coming back, Malachi Starks. There's hints of a lot of these guys that will be coming back next year. Uh, but some of them we don't know yet. We're not too sure. Um, I know Kamari Lasseter, I believe he was one of the ones who was talking about, hey, if, if my team's playing, I'm playing. I'm not opting out of this game, regardless of what I'm doing in the future. I had an obligation that I wanted to play for this team, and that's what I'm going to do. And you got to respect that. For me, I do. And even if you don't, you know, we talked about this, I think, a little bit last episode, however long ago that was, was if these guys want to play, great. If they don't, great. It's their future that they are worried about. doesn't matter how we feel about it. You know, I can say, hey, I, if you're on the team, you need to play. That can be my opinion. That's fine. But if the guy that goes goes there and blows his knee and and loses draft stock because of that, or potentially doesn't get to play his first rookie season of the NFL that he is headed to because we wanted him to play more and he decided, hey, let me play in this last game that doesn't matter at all other than a trophy and bragging rights is all there is to it. And, And I guess some gifts. You get the bowl gifts that you get in it. But hey, more power to you if you don't want to play or if you do. I got to respect a guy who says, hey, I I signed up to play for this team and I'm going to play for this team. Uh, So I really do in that. Uh, But a couple of the names that we do know that we aren't, we're still questionable about. That's why you see the question mark there. It's Brock Bowers and Amarius Mims, neither which showed up with the team uh, to practice in the Orange Bowl, neither neither of which got off the plane with them. Um, I know Todd Hartley was asked about this, and I think he continued to – uh, reiterate the injury that Brock Bowers had being the reason he's not yet with the team, being the reason that he might not play in this game. Um, I don't think it's anything NFL-related because I think if we all know Brock Bowers the way that we do, he's going to play this football game whether he's headed to the NFL or not, if he's able, if he's not hurt, if he has that ability to be able to play. Um and Amarius Mims, I think, is a little bit of the same thing. I know I've read a lot of things here and there that say, you know, they'll be traveling separately from the team when they get down here. We'll see if they end up playing or not. I know Hartley even mentioned that as far as Bowers goes, is if he can play, if he's healthy enough to play, he'll play. Um, but, again, yet to be seen, yet to see if they have made it there. I, I mean, I could be missing this. This could be live right now on Twitter that they have arrived. Um, wouldn't surprise me uh, in the least. But those are really the only two names we've seen. Again, Carson Beck coming back. Haven't seen anything about wide receivers, running backs, anybody who has opted opted out of this game. Lab McConkey's there practicing, seen him working through practices and everything too. So there are a lot of these names that we aren't sure if they're coming back next year. We aren't sure uh, if they're going to be able to play in this game based on injury if they get here, mainly be in this Brock and uh, and Amarius situation here. Not really a situation, but – Right now, it seems like the entire Georgia team has been exactly that, a team who has come together with the guys who have left, the guys who have come in early. They have come together, and they've said, hey, we're here to play this game. We're going to take this seriously. Um, And the unfortunate part is I don't think it's that FSU doesn't want to take it seriously. I think it's so much air got taken out of that team and that program when they weren't put into a college football playoff when they, you know, rightfully should have probably been there that they no longer care about this one. And the bad part of it is, the last I looked today, that line jumped all the way up to 19 points in the favor of Georgia. And that that very well is what could happen in this game. Georgia could very well come in here and absolutely thump them. We'll t- I'll tell you the same way that I talked about it the last time. 
at this point, hopefully enough people have looked at it and said there are so many people who have opted out of this game for FSU that even if Georgia drums FSU, hopefully they don't look back and go, oh, yeah, see, look, that's the reason they shouldn't be there. Half of this team is not is not playing in this football game who would have played in the college football playoff had they been there. And then the same thing on the Georgia front. If Georgia was to lose this football game, see, Georgia didn't belong. Now, if Georgia loses this football game to the team that they're about to go up against, that is troubling <laughs> just because there's so many guys who are opting out, mainly offensively for FSU. I think that's going to be the hardest side of the ball for them, which was already hard at the end of the last season or this season for them. But I think defensively it's going to be what it takes to try to slow Georgia down. And you're getting almost all of a, a, a fairly healthy Georgia football team coming in offensively and, and strongly on the defense who wants to prove a point and still play with the team that they started the season on or with. So I could really see this going absolutely wopsided for, for Georgia to be able to take advantage of this. Um, and I kind of hate that, you know. Part of me at least looks and goes, okay, this is a team who I'm excited about. I've, I've watched all season. We've watched the past couple of years and seen what they've done. We've seen the streak that they had that came to an end earlier in December. But we want to continue to see that. And I kind of was coming into this thinking, okay, this is not going to be the matchup that you would anticipate. Usually by now, this is when you get to start to see, hey, what's happening next year. But a lot of these guys who are coming back and playing, I don't know. I'm sure there's a few of these guys that will be playing that aren't going to be. There there may be a lot that are going to play in this game that won't be on the team next year, whether graduating, whether going to the NFL draft as underclassmen. We're going to see about that. Uh, I think all of that will come out pretty much the day of, if not the day after, this game takes place. And that's generally the way things go. Um, Then, obviously, you have a period where the portal is going to kind of shut down, but then it opens back up right there in the spring. Uh, So some of this will kind of trickle down and slow down and get a little quiet for a while. But then it will pick back up around G-Day. And then, obviously, We'll see where we land next September. But it'll still be exciting to see the guys that we've seen all season this year getting back on the field and competing and the potential of the guys that we're going to see next year getting on the field and seeing what we have to look forward to when that time comes. Again, take that with a grain of salt because that doesn't necessarily mean what we see on Saturday is what we're going to see on Saturday coming September of 2024. That's all I've got for you guys on the preview. Let's kind of look real quick what I wanted to do uh, as we wrap things up here. This was an, an I'm not going to say important, but this was uh, this was one of the ones. Let's see if I can get this bigger. Okay, 2024 season, the way that the playoffs are going to round out. There's going to be four rounds in this, the final of which will be the national championship. So the first round, these are the on-campus games, will happen – Friday, December 20th, so it's still happening fairly late in December, but right before Christmas, Friday, December 20th of 24, that'll be game one, which will be a night game, and then a Saturday game uh, after that, which will be three games on that Saturday, early afternoon, late afternoon, and evening. So you'll have four games, one of which will be on that Friday, three of which will be on that Saturday. That's the first round. Then the second round, quarterfinals, this is where you start to kind of get into those bowls. Those first four games, what it looks like here, those are just home games for the team on campus, like I said. And then we get into what's going to be considered the bowl game, uh, a playoff game. So you'll have like the Fiesta Bowl, which will happen on a Tuesday. This is the weird part, though, is it's happening like midweek. So the quarterfinals will be a Tuesday, December 31st, so a week 
Yeah, 10 days later from the 21st at least, a week and some change later. That'll be the Fiesta Bowl, which will be a night game. Then you get Wednesday, you'll have the Peach Bowl, which is January 1st. This is the New Year's Bowl. The Peach Bowl, which will be early. Rose Bowl, which will be late afternoon. And then you'll have the Sugar Bowl, which will be that night. That finishes the quarter. Then you get all the way to the semifinals, which will be Thursday, January 9th, and Friday, January 10th, which you'll have the the Orange Bowl and the Cotton Bowl, both of which will be played at night. But you have different different days. That's the part that's kind of strange. It's not like both of those games are going to be played on a Friday or even on a Saturday. That game is getting played on a Thursday and then on a Friday, and they're two separate days before you find out who's going to be the final two teams standing for the national championship, which will happen on a Monday, normal at least. But that's going to be January 20th. Uh, in Atlanta, so late, late January. We go from having a December 20th start to you don't finish until a month later playing for a national championship through the playoffs, depending on how this goes. Um, that is, if you're a team who's going to have to play in the on-campus because, again, those those top teams are going to get the buys, and, and that's going to look a little differently. But the weird part about this is you've got a Friday game, a bunch of Saturday games. Then you got Tuesday game and then a bunch of Wednesday games. Then you got Thursday game and a Friday game and then a Monday. So it's just I don't know. It's just it's weird looking at like college football playoff games being played on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. And then the same thing in twenty five. This is still a long ways away, but it's a Friday, Saturday. Then you get Wednesday, Thursday again, Thursday, Friday again, and then Monday. So they all they everything's gonna be a lot different than what it's been at least since 2020, let's see, 2014 with the with the four-team playoff, and then before that, BCS completely differently. But we're talking about a whole nother month of college football that will happen just because of the playoffs that are going to be happening starting next year when 12 teams come in. I don't know. It's just it, it, it's, it, everything about it is is kind of weird to look at that that schedule and how it will. It'll it'll look a lot different once we see, you know, like an actual playoff bracket, how everything lines up the byways and, and the teams who get home and home or a, a home game for a playoff. That'll also be strange. I mean, there's so much next season that's going to change, not only, not only in the college football playoff that now is expanding and the way that that's going to happen when that time comes, but also all of the, the conference realignment. Uh, it's going to take us three months to figure out who's in what conference when it comes to the Pac-12 or the ACC or the Big Ten or the, or the Big 12, trying to figure out all of these conferences and who's actually belongs where when you're used to seeing them somewhere else and, and they're not anymore or they're playing this team and they've never played that team. And the same thing in the SEC because you, you no longer have divisions all of a sudden it's like okay I still haven't seen anything is this going to be a bubble system or is this just going to be hey you got you got 16 teams here's the ones you play we've already seen the schedule everybody's seen the schedule that's come out Georgia's got a tough one next year and if you go 12 and 0 in that season you're doing pretty doggone good um but it's the top two teams. The top two teams are going to be the ones that play in the SEC championship game and this is a long way out but there is the potential of looking deep into the schedule and going, hey, you know, if we're ranked fifth or if we're ranked fourth or if we're ranked third and we don't have to play in this SEC championship game, that benefits us. That gives us a home game for revenue that we can make money in the playoffs that we know we're going to get into. We're not going to get the buy, but, hey, that's that's money in our pocket for this. We don't have to play another game in the in the conference championship game, which is just going to add one more game to the schedule. So 13, all of a sudden, if you're if – you're, 
not having to play in that game, at least then it's just one, two, three, four more potential, potentially four more games, which would put you at 16 total games in a season. But then if you, if let's just say you lost the conference championship game and you still got in the top 12, but you were at one of the lower seeds and having to play in that first round, all of a sudden it's like, okay, that's four more games on top of the 13 that you've now played. You're going to play 17 football games in a season. Bonkers. I get it. NFL plays a lot of football games. There's a 17, what, 18 weeks just in the regular season in the, in, in the NFL. Obviously, if you're headed to that as your next step after playing college football, you got to look forward to that anyways. It's just going to be a little different seeing that in college football, something that we have not seen yet. Um, but, hey, you got to adjust to it because things are changing. College football's changing. The landscape in all facets, whether, again, like we talked about, Conferences, all the realignment that's going on there, playoffs that's not going to be happening, no divisions in the SEC anymore. Everything's going crazy. <laughs> but, hey, I'm glad to have you guys here. I really appreciate you guys listening, watching wherever you are. If you guys have not checked out the YouTube channel yet, make sure you do that. Like and subscribe. I'd greatly appreciate that. Um, that's pretty much going to wrap us up for this one. Looking forward to seeing what the dogs do on Saturday and just kind of getting an idea of what – what we might have to look forward to next season or what we don't have a clue what's going to happen when the time comes. Uh, but again, we'll, we'll probably check in with you guys next week after that all happens and we'll go from there with whatever happens next. Again, appreciate you guys listening. We'll check in with you later. Good dogs. <laughs>